0: Hey, I'm Kevin, the student pastor at Shore Church again. Thanks for listening to our message. We strive each week to bring you relevant, practical, biblical teaching that meets you where you are. To find out more about us or what's going on at the church, head on over to scog.com or download the app. Hope you enjoy the message. That last scene truly is the theme of 2020, isn't it? Pivot! I don't want to pivot anymore. It just doesn't fit. Uh, anyway... Uh, No whining today. All right. So uh, today we're diving into the living room series. Uh, We were really talking about these kind of heart-to-heart conversations that you have. You know, the, the, the conversations you have on the couch kind of just bears your soul and they mean something. The kind of conversations you have with friends or family members that stick with you for a long, long time. We're in a book of the Bible that's basically like a living room conversation through the whole book of the Bible. It is the little epistle or letter to the Church of Philippi, Philippians. It's found in the back of your Bible. It's only about four chapters long, and it is full of just these amazingly intense and intimate uh, conversations that Paul is writing to the Church of Philippi. So if you have a actual paper Bible with you today, go ahead and turn there. Uh, you might want to get your pencil or pen ready for that. If you have an electronic one, well, just... Tap the screen, I guess. Do whatever you need to do. But we're in Philippians chapter 2 this morning, and we're continuing with this thought. Last week, we talked about being healthy is hard. Being healthy is hard work, right? A lot of us have been challenged by the hard work. Uh, Last night, your children brought home copious amounts of candy, and uh, you're getting ready to enter Thanksgiving, and then the Christmas season. You're This is not setting me up for success with my diet. The hard work is going to be just saying no to whatever your, your stuff is. And uh, I don't know, my son, I think, is trying to figure out how to manipulate me, and he knows what my favorite candy bars are. And so he's like, here, Dad, you can have this. Here, Dad. He also doesn't like my favorite ones, so that all works out well that way. But I'm like, no, you can't have more time playing video games or whatever, but uh, I will not be swayed. Okay, maybe I will be. It's a Nestle Crunch Bar. Eh, eh, It can be bought pretty easily. But it's it's just the, the way it is. Being healthy is hard work. Sticking with your diet, sticking with working out, sticking out emotional health is hard work. Saying no when you need to say no, saying yes when you need to say yes. It's hard work. Ignoring those those voices in your head that keep on saying, oh, you're not worth it. You're not, th- yeah, da, 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 and, uh, to take you down. That's hard work to say, shut up, stay out. of." And so we're going to dive into that even more because this hard work that we're doing on ourselves it has huge ramifications for the people in our life. And so today we're kind of taking last week's and kind of cranking it up a notch to say, how do we take when we work better for ourselves, when we make ourselves better, uh, closer to what Christ is wanting us to do. When we do that, what does that mean for the other people in our lives? And so maybe our take home today is better yourself to better others. Because we're always supposed to be motivated by the Great Commission, right? Make disciples. Go and show Christ to everybody, whatever that looks like. In your small sphere of influence to a little bit bigger one to a grander scale. And we do that, right? We got to better ourselves so that we can better others. We can Get ourselves closer to Christ so we can draw others closer to Christ. And so today we're going to work through that in Philippians chapter 2. This bettering takes a lot of work. It's hard stuff. And as we look at what Paul's at in this moment of his life, we can see how hard it actually is. Paul is on death row under house arrest. He's just kind of waiting to see what the next phase of imprisonment is going to look like At this time he probably doesn't have much hope of being released because um, he knows he doesn't have enough money to bribe the guards and that's just not what he wants. So he's getting to uh, travel all around the Roman Empire on the Emperor's dime instead of on his own. So he's kind of like, okay well, uh, here we go. But the specter of death is kind of looming over his head. And so as he looks back at on his life as he looks back at who he is and, and where he's come from and how he's led, He's riding this church in Philippi and saying, listen, I, this is where I'm coming from, and this is what I want for you. This huge stressor is on his life. And I think we can kind of identify with that today in this moment, in this environment, is we have this just huge stressor always ever-present on our lives. I mean, the very way in which we trick-or-treated last night was changed, Right? Innocuous things like, oh yeah, we're just gonna go around and trick or treating. Who cares? What's going on? Then we have to have a game plan. You gotta have like your your uh, card table set up at the end of your driveway. And if that house didn't have the card table, they're like, no go for lunch over there. And uh, yeah, I know you, we've always had Halloween's always had the things. Uh, there's always been kind of like urban myths, like who's gonna put needles in in uh, in somebody's candy. You Remember that? I was like real big in the nineties. And we had all kinds of stuff. But this is just an interesting, interesting time, an interesting time for us to kind of process and work through that. Paul's in that same ever-present. There's a stressor on top of everything that he does, everything that he's talking about. And he's speaking that into this church and speaking through that in this church. Because he's looking back on his life. And he's saying, it was, was what I did okay? Like we, we all come to that point of when we think about our life, Are we, did I spend my time well? So the last twenty years spent well. Maybe you're at a point like I can't even get through today with the busyness. I'm not even thinking about is my life being spent well, or I'm so young it doesn't really matter yet. Well, it it will pass us by, right? You wake up and your your kids are grown, and you wake up, you spent you're retiring, and you wake up and you go, uh, what's going on here? Well, Paul's slowed down enough to say, what? How am I spending my time? And one of the maybe unique opportunities. Of COVID for us is the time to slow down a little bit to say, "Huh, what's going on?" Now, I would have to say, life has sped up a lot. In the, the plus early weeks of COVID, life slowed down. No, we're back to Mach eight. You know, we're we're back to full full speed ahead. But there's these moments. Maybe you've been laid off of work. You have extra time. Uh, may, maybe different. Maybe you had to quarantine for 14 days, and you're looking around quarantine going. I've watched everything on Netflix. What do I do now? There's, there's certain th- moments and times when you get the opportunity to kind of discern and go back through what life looks like. And so I think Paul is stepping into that in this moment. And he's looking at it and he's saying, how do we become the person God has called us to be in this moment? In Philippians 2, verse 12, Therefore... My dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Anybody else want to write, like, do nothing, do ever well, sorry. Do everything without grumbling or complaining, and just like blow it up. Do like the fat head thing for stickers on your kids' walls. And just you know, there you go. Wake up with this. Uh, do everything without grumbling or complaining, including the dishes. Uh, all right. So, anywho, I that's a personal issue that we're dealing with. That you you guys have never had issues like that with your kids, right? Uh, anyway, we're here in the first part of this. I want to really highlight. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. This is incredibly important uh, scripture in the whole Bible, but in the context of what we're talking about today, it really, really needs to be highlighted. Continue to work out your salvation. What does that mean? I I thought I was saved. Um, There was a moment at church camp or at this youth event or I came to the altar when I was 35 or whatever, and that was the moment of salvation. Well, the word zozo is used in all kinds of different tenses. It's used, I was saved, I am being saved, and I will be saved. It's a past, present, and future of working through the salvation. And the work here is not like works, like, oh, I did a wonderful thing, and so I earned my salvation today. I I gave this much money, so I earned my... That's not what it's talking about. This work is to be, like, faithful to the end point, to work diligently to it's done, till it's all the way fulfilled. And so this, this interesting kind of concept needs to be ingrained into us as we think about what it means to work out our salvation with fear and trembling is that we are in such awe of what God is doing for us that every day, to the nth degree, we work it out. Because our salvation happened in the past, it's happening now, and then we're working through it right now, and it'll be for us in the past. We experience the salvation story when we accept christ as our lord and savior we experience the salvation story right now when we better our lives and and get rid of the the junk in our lives to become more like him in a daily moment and we experience salvation when we get to go to heaven and are welcomed home it's not just a one time thing it's I thought I was good. I I took my first communion or I took that class or I got dunked when I was this age or whatever your tradition that you grew up in. I thought, okay, well, it's not just that. There's so much more to living and walking with God. Paul is alluding to that and he's talking about it. Listen, listen, listen. When we deal with our salvation and how we are interacting with God, we treat it with such awe and mystery and mystique and beauty. We work it out to the nth degree, every chance we can, with fear and trembling. That we're just, we're we're in awe of what God is doing in our lives. Is that, I hope that helps you understand what, where, where the scripture's at. And But our attitude of this. And when we have that attitude with our salvation, we have that attitude with our relationship with Jesus, we start to work on ourselves in such a way that we can't help but affect other people in our lives with what we're dealing with in our lives. That requires extremely hard things. And what that happens, you may have seen this last week as we started to talk about how we're going to start uh, working through our stuff, and, and and that it's hard work, and it, being healthy is hard work, getting through all the junk in our lives is, is difficult stuff. You may have noticed this, that this week you... you you prayed that God would would take this, or you you made a concerted effort to be a better husband, or you, or to get your time under control, or to get rid of that hobby, or to to, to ex- just to remove this junk, whatever it is in your life. And eight other things popped up in your life, and you're like, "Ah, I took care of one, and now I got eighteen other things." Yeah, that that's how it works. It. I wasn't kidding when I said it's hard work, right? I want to tell you a story. There's a hundred percent true story of something that happened in my life. And it's gross, so uh, there there it is. But this is 100% true, and it's a great example of what spiritual like pruning looks like in our lives and how it causes some issues, okay? So, so this happened about 10 years ago. The twins were right around one, and we were um, living in Georgia, and I lived in a split, not a split level house, but the first floor is, the yard is even with the first floor and then the backyard is even with the basement. So it's a, it was a drive-under uh, basement. You can't have those in Illinois because there's this thing called hills, and um, you, just, you just don't have those in Illinois. And if it snowed, you'd be like, back up and forth and back and forth. But because it was a drop-down backyard, no one went down the backyard we have one you're not taking the babies down and play in the backyard down the stairs don't even letting the dog back that way she kind of we opened the back door she'd look at us like there's a front front door with no stairs that i could go on like okay dog and so when it's 98 degrees outside with 99 degree humidity someone who mowed the grass decided that he could just let the backyard go because I didn't want to deal with the humidity. I didn't want to deal with the heat. And I could just mow the front yard in about five minutes and be done and go on with my day. Now, you can identify with this, okay, probably with that. The problem with this is it started to become a jungle in my backyard. And so it came to the time, probably late July, early August, that I needed to tame the backyard. And so I commenced with the mowing of the backyard. That was accomplished. I felt good about myself. This thing that I hated, I did not want to do. It was miserable. I took care of it. A lot like the emotional and spiritual stuff that you've been trying to attack in your life right now. I took care of that issue. Fast forward two weeks, week and a half. I go downstairs in the basement to get a tool or something out of the the shop area of the basement. I turn on the light, turn around the corner, and looking at me, is about a foot-long rat. To which I very mainly screamed like a little girl. Because it was like eye level on the, the storage shelves and just looked at me. It wasn't even scared. It was like, what are you doing in my house? And it 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 so then I promptly got a baseball bat and started running around the, the, the basement chasing this rat, which I was not successful with, but that was what we tried to do, okay? And so I had to go to the hardware store and buy all kinds of traps and, and take care of this problem. Come to find out, I now had 16 to 18 rats now living in my basement were they there a week and a half before before i mowed the grass no because someone had the bright idea to destroy their habitat i had a whole ecosystem i had built up in my backyard concerning these vermin and now when i destroyed their home they decided to make my home their home and they would move in when we do this and then i had to go through the hard process of removing these rats from my home, because this is disgusting, right? They were somewhere I could kind of control, although going to be a problem in vermin out in my yard, living that close to my house, but now they had moved in. When we go through the process of trying to eliminate maybe toxic people from our life, toxic habits out of our life, we cut that out, we, we deal with it, we, we start going through the the, the procedure of, of, of bettering ourselves in that, giving our life more to God, all of a sudden, the toxicity stuff tries to sneak in and find new avenues to invade our lives. This is why I told you last week, being healthy is hard work. It is tough stuff. Because if I never would have cut the grass, well, those, when it started getting cold outside, those, those mice and rats probably would have tried to find their way inside anyway. Now, it was an option and we do this all the time in our spiritual life. We find a problem. We we give up. We, we dealt with it. We, we, we did something. And we're like, oh, that got harder. And so we're just going to leave it alone now. I'm not going to try that anymore. I'm not going to deal with that anymore. My my marriage got tough there after, um, after I tried to deal with this. My parenting got tough. Work environment got really hard. Maybe my my attitude or my dealings with my own parents got really difficult. I'm just, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to. I'm going to give up on this spiritual formation stuff. That would be like me going, you know what? I tried to mow the grass. I did what I was supposed to do. Now there's rats in my house. I'm just going to lock that door, let them have the basement. I'll take the top two floors. Now we laugh at that, but how often do we do that spiritually in our own lives? We start the procedure because that is tough. That's where the tough work lies, right? We start the procedure of God. What do you want me to give? What do I need to remove from my life? What do I need to give to you? What do I need to? How do I need to spend my time differently or my attitudes? What do I need examined? And God says, "Boom!" And you're like, "Well, Jared, what does that look like?" Well, there might be a prompting of your heart when you're praying you're journaling. Different words kind of pop out at you in the in the scripture. And you're like, "Oh, why does he keep on? Why do I keep on feeling funny every time I think about?" X, Y, or Z. Um, God may be leading you to get rid of X, Y, or Z. And you get rid of that, and then all of a sudden, there's all kinds of other issues. Because that's just starting the rooting out process of maybe what a, a deep heart issue actually is. So The problem necessarily wasn't that I had tall grass in my house. The problem was I had vermin living in my house. Or around my house. We have the same thing spiritually going on in our own Uh, souls, and we need to be very, 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 very concerted about how we go about removing those in our lives. Will that be easy? Absolutely not. Is it worth it? Absolutely. Because when we look back on our lives, as Paul finds himself in this time, as we have maybe a moment, I want to be proud of where that my time went, that I was the best dad I possibly could have been for my kids, that I was the best husband I possibly could have been for my wife, that I was the best employee or employer that I could have been, that I was the best follower of Christ in all things that I possibly could have been with my time here on earth, that I worked out my salvation with fear and trembling, that I did it, I'm doing it, and I will do it the best I possibly can. It's hard work, and it comes with some uncomfortable moments. when we look at our present reality and the moments that we're at, we have to be very careful with coming back to the the basics of who we are and what we're dealing with. See, COVID exposes something in all of us. Um, This moment of stressors exposes something in all of us that is difficult. Maybe you found yourself snapping your snapping back at your <clears throat> your kids or your wife or your husband, you find yourself really agitated with a co-worker that's never agitated you before because there's this underlying stressor that just kind of weighs on your life. Um, and it, it's there whether you're like, so like an easy thing to, to see this is we get so upset about the idea of masks. Like this masks are the problem in some way um, that I want to be anti-mask and never wear masks and never never do uh, and go to whatever restaurant I want and all this stuff. I get that. I understand that. I'm pretty pro-mask. I have a mask on. The only time I take it off is when I come up on our stage because I can't spit on anybody when I'm here, right? But uh, when I come off the stage, I put back a mask. And then you have people like, I'm going to have a mask on all the time and I'm scared to death of this and that and that and we're going to be as safe as we possibly can. But all that fear and worry there is going back to COVID is the actual problem. And if you go to... I want to never have mask and you're really cranky with anybody who wears a mask. You're not really mad at these people. You're mad at the the, the process of COVID's telling you how to live your life, and this ah, this angst in that causes the problem. It's an underlying issue. We have the same kind of stuff going on in all of our lives. Maybe you see this in your friend's life. They snap back at you and like, "What in the world? It just happened. You un, just got unloaded on." Come to find out, they just got fired from their job, but it wasn't that you. You know, didn't return their sweater or their hammer at the right time. It was that their job situation or maybe their marriage is falling apart or you have no idea what their kid just got into at home. These underlying stressors. Now, as a whole world at the moment, we all have the underlying stressors of COVID. And it makes us duke on some kind of really stupid stuff, say some dumb things, and be people that we're not really wanting to be in life. When Paul continues this, he's talking about this underlying stressor, he's on death row. I feel like that probably would add some stress to life. You know? Uh, whether or not, you know, he's, he's like, hey, it's okay if I die or not. If I don't die, then I, it's good for you. If I die, I get to go to be, be with Jesus. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And Paul, I believe that you when you wrote that, you believe that. And it's fantastic. But you can't help but go, yeah, but there was that moment, two o'clock in the morning, when he's trying to sleep. He's like, Lord, I really don't want to die. I don't want him to have my head chopped off. This doesn't sound fun. It doesn't sound like something I want to want to want to do in life. And then he wakes up, goes back about his business, and he's like, "I'm doing this. I got this. If I get to go to heaven, it's okay." But he's got he's got to have these, these underlying stressors because he's a human being, and we have them. Well, right? There's moments you'll go for two, three weeks like. I got a handle on COVID, I got a handle on my financial situation, I got a handle on my parenting, I got, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> looks like World War Three in your house or just in your soul. When we start to do the hard work, how do we, when we deal with these stressors, we have to be very, 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 very conscious of removing the stuff that God is prompting us to remove of being the people that God wants us to be, to work out with fear and trembling our salvation very, very intentionally so that we have more bandwidth to be able to deal with the underlying stressors. Because just like when Paul's writing this this church, they're all under a Roman occupation. I imagine being under the occupation of an enemy uh, government would be a small stressor. Right? It's the same kind of thing that we're dealing with. But when we become and, and orient our lives in such a way that we're closer and closer to what who God has wanted us to be, we've removed these underlying stressors and these underlying temptations from our lives as best as we possibly can, so that we can fulfill the rest of this scripture. I'm going to come back to the do, do everything without grumbling and arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of, of without fault, in a warped and crooked generation. But starting verse 14, then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. Then you will shine like stars in the sky. When we go through this process and we're faithful to work out our our salvation with fear and trembling, we get to the point where we can be, and, and add in the no arguing and grumbling and complaining, we get to be like stars in the sky, a beautiful sight to see, something that people want to be around, want to see, want to participate in. And my fear in this time as Christians is that we have dulled our shining. We have been so thrown off by the different circumstances or the underlying uh, stressors in our lives that we are not shining like we could be. This is a unique moment in history where we as believers and followers of Christ can be beacons of hope and truth and life and love. In this time in our lives, we have to be cognizant and very, 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 very intentional about how we remove the junk out of our lives and how we walk and work out our salvation and and walk in lockstep with Christ. Because there is a very unique opportunity coming up in the, as we come out of or we stay in or whatever the next few years... Holes for us in this in the COVID era that we have to shine like stars. And for me, as a pastor of a church, I want to know that we're doing everything we possibly can to shine like stars. As me, as a father, that I can do everything I can for my family, that we would be a people who shine like stars. I don't think we get there by just hoping and, looking nice, doing a few things. It requires a ton of hard work to live a life that we look back on and are proud of, that we look back on in 10, 15 years at how we came through this time period and went, wow, we rose to a difficult occasion. We rose to be people that that showed God in in a very dark and weird and stressful and tenuous circumstance because that's who I want to be. How I want to walk through that. My hope for all of us is we process maybe even this week as we deal with this election and the results of it that we would be people that do without grumbling and complaining. That no matter what the results are on Tuesday or Wednesday or whenever they're going to come in is going to be is that we be people that rise to the occasion. That we're a, we're a group that says, you know what, that may not have gone the way I wanted to or did go the way I wanted to. I, I'm not telling you how to vote. But we're a people that shine like stars through it all. Whether we are disappointed, whether we're frustrated, But this is who I'm going to be. Working out my salvation with fear and trembling, being as close to God's heart as I possibly can in everything that I do. We will be a peculiar people if we live that up. We will be weird. We will be just like, what is different about that guy? Our work, in our family, in our friends, and in our cul-de-sac. But this is a moment, and this is a time in which we can shine like stars. And it's our decision if we're willing to do the hard work of of shining. Are we willing to do that? Are we willing to be vulnerable enough to shine? Because some of us go through life and like, I don't want anybody to look at me Ever. But if we're truly going to live out the Great Commission, it requires attention. It requires speaking and loving and living Christ's mission out. This week we're going to, but um, this time we're going to take communion together. And at the end of your rows you've got these little um, prepackaged communion. I want to give you a little pro tip about the, the there's a little cellophane on top that lets you get the um, the wafer out. did not know that the first couple times I opened this, and it was a big mess. Um, so there's a, there's two pieces to the lid, and the second piece coming up from the lid gets you access to the grape juice. Here at Shore Church of God, we practice open communion, which means if you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are more than welcome to take communion with us this morning. You don't have to go to a class. You don't have to do anything like that. Um, We practice open communion, and it's a wonderful thing to be a part of. This morning, as we think about how we need to remove the junk and the, the stuff from our lives, we get to think about the price in which Jesus paid for us to have a relationship with him. As we work out our salvation, the reason why we work out our salvation, the reason why we even have access to working out our salvation. That's the nth point, that every day of our life, we're going to be working to drawing closer and closer to Christ. This morning, as we take these elements, we get to think about all that God has done for us. How we don't have to be the person we once were. We don't even have to be the person we are this morning, but we get to be a child of God, shining like a star. Let me pray for you. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for this moment, and thank you for this time. Lord, we ask you to bless us and to guide us. Lord, we ask you to anoint us as we try to live the best way we possibly can for you. Lord, that we ask for courage. We ask for persistence to not give up, to continue to carve away the junk and the trash of our life so that we that nothing comes in, in, in between us and your wonderful plan for our life. Lord, we need your wisdom. We need your discernment. We need your grace. We need your mercy. We need your joy in our life as we go on this journey. Lord, thank you for who you are. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your redemption. Thank you for your love. And in Jesus' name I pray. Thanks for joining us at church this week. And a special thanks to all those who continue to support our mission through your generosity. You too can support our mission to reach, grow, and serve our community by giving on the website or through the app. To make sure you never miss out on a message, be sure to subscribe. And don't forget to hit that share button to spread the word. Have a great week.